0: Which
1: 49ers running back can lead you to fantasy glory in week 14? Is Jerry Judy a smart bench this Sunday? And how luck, How likely is Cam Newton to help you win a title on FFPC League Championship weekend? Plus, brothers and co-owners of the 10th place regular season team in the 2021 FFPC main event, Jeff and Ed McCann, tell you why this year they can finally hope to shed the bridesmaid moniker and be the bride, which Giants? can be safely started with Mike Lennon running the offense and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hours start I now. can't
2: stand the pressure. I've seen greater men. and need a lesser. Make out of the messes. just because it was right there in the dresser so easy.
3: Pick me up, kiss me, and you squeeze me.
0: Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott.
2: And all I is just white noise but I can't make out the
1: words. Thank you, Rob, and thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all the bulkaholics and Pharrelliex. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. I want to welcome in the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, how are we doing on this glorious Friday night?
3: It is a glorious Friday, Balky. I'm getting in that uh, Christmas spirit watching a little bit of the uh, FCS uh Championship quarterfinals. It looks like James Madison is having their way with Montana. You know, you never tire of football in this house, though.
1: The uh, semifinals for Division three are tomorrow. And um, the right, uh, probably I would say about an hour and a half drive uh, south of me, the University of Wisconsin Whitewater will be hosting Mary Harden Baylor for the right to play uh-huh. for the, I always forget. The, um, the uh, Stag Bowl, that's what they call it, the Stag Bowl. Yep. Uh, that will we'll be the Stag national Bowl. championship. That's right, yeah. So they will be playing for the right uh, uh, to, to be in that championship game next week. The football never stops on this show. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to have a conversation about what Packers receivers can be flexed out in the wake of randall cobb's absence whether Jamison crowder makes for a better start over Cortland sutton this weekend and then the 10th place finishers in the 2021 ffpc main event regular season jeff and ed mccann swing on in to talk debo samuel josh reynolds and much more i uh, want to remind everybody to check out rotoviz.com slash podcast had a nice little chat on the high stakes lowdown uh, with michael cobb this week michael cobb who has won Man, I don't know, dozens and dozens of FFPC main event uh, football guys leagues as well as uh, high stakes FFPC dynasty leagues. We got into a lot of stuff on that program. And You can check that out at rotaviz.com slash podcast or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, Shout out uh, to the uh, chat room right now. We've got a good group of great guys who like the HSFFO are in there. You can post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at hsffor I am at Eric Balthman. Uh, of course, you can always learn more about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com and jump in those drafts starting in early 2022. Also, um, uh, Jeff McCann is on Twitter as well. Um, he is at um, Metsman4EVA, mm-hmm. that is Metsman, uh, the number four, uh, and then EVA. Then you have uh, Ed McCann, his brother, is also on Twitter, and you can follow Ed on Twitter. He is at EWA2457. Um, if you want to chime in and uh, talk with us, please give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME OVA. Football at gmail.com is where we will be reading the emails from coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. We'll get to your tweets. We'll get to uh, your uh, chat room questions as well uh, before we say sayonara and let you go enjoy your weekend. Shout-out to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Seahawks, let's go to Seattle, Farrell. Alex Collins is feeling, quote, considerably better heading into their Ooh. matchup against the Texans this week. That's according to Brady Henderson on Twitter. Brady Henderson, who covers the Seahawks for uh, ESPN.com. Alex Collins has been practicing on a limited basis, and it uh, sounds like Adrian Peterson, I think, has been officially ruled out for this game. Um, uh, so you, you look at this, this Seattle um, offense right now, Farrell, normally there's not a whole lot here. I mean, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, whatever, but it's the Texans this week, and because it's the Texans, mm-hmm we're going to talk about whether Alex Collins has any value for you. Is he a guy that you can safely flex out in, in a football guys league or have an FFPC main event?
3: Well, first of all, I'm glad that Alex is feeling better. You know, it's it's amazing when the Houston Texans come to town, all those little nicks and bumps and miseries that the running backs are feeling just <laughs> go away. Everybody's now a hundred percent, you know, they're checking all boxes of good health. Um, I don't know balky and and that's not an answer we want for a fantasy football show that's going to give advice, but why if if you're in a situation where you have to climb in the backfield of the Seattle Seahawks and figure out who it's going to be last week it was dallas this week who who possibly could it be? Collins seems to have a um a uh, ceiling of forty yards uh so so I don't know uh, I probably would not shoot the horse. That uh, won the race and DJ Dallas. Uh, if I had to play a Seattle back, that would be the one that I would want to play. Homer was good last week too. I I just um, I'm just going to have to take a pass on this one because I think it's like playing roulette, and they almost have just like the roulette wheel has 35 numbers. They almost seem to have that many backs in Seattle. <laughs>
1: That's true. And I and, and I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I think if you're playing this deep in the season, quite frankly, you should have better options. Now, maybe you have Jonathan Taylor on by mm-hmm. or Miles Gaskin or Miles Sanders or somebody like that. Yeah. And then I can kind of get it a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, um, it, it, it's very difficult. To, like, what's his ceiling? Right. I mean, does he hit 100 mm-hmm. yards? I, I don't know. Um, does he fall into the end zone once? Yeah, maybe. I don't know about <laughs> twice. I'm not sure. Um, but the thing is with, with – I mean, you're playing with fire here. So I would try to find mm-hmm. a different, more explosive option. Um, I know he's an accumulator, but there's no guarantee that, that he'll even get the lion's share of the snaps. I mean, it could be, a as you pointed out, it could be divvied up pretty evenly between him and Homer and Dallas and Penny. So I think this is a situation best to stay away from. Now, conversely, let's stay in the same division. There has been a, a lucrative um, fantasy compiler – in uh, the San Francisco, and that's usually been their running back. But who's it going to be this mm-hmm. week, right? Uh, Matt Barrows, mm-hmm. who covers the 49ers for the Athletic, says that Jeff Wilson is probably the frontrunner to start for San Francisco when they take on the Bengals. Um, Jeff Wilson, uh, limited practice Wednesday yesterday, got in a full practice. Elijah Mitchell is fighting off not only a knee issue, but he's also got a concussion as well. So Michael Hastie is is probably going to be the change of pace guy, um, and, and so I don't know how much Jeff Wilson would be out there on, on third downs. Brian Hill got signed in the practice squad earlier this week as well uh, for San Francisco. Again, I, I think there's a little bit more upside here, Farrell, with, with, um, with Jeff Wilson, but at the same time, I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree if you're, if you're trying to get fantasy points from Jeff Wilson or any of the Niners' backs this week. I think you are,
3: too, because the Cincinnati Bengals have proven one thing, defensively they can stop the run. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Cincinnati has been able to build leads and get into a situation where um, teams have to pass the ball to play catch-up against that potent uh, offense. I will say this about Wilson. I'm a Wilson believer. You know, he, in 2020, Um, He ripped off a 600-yard season. I just can't get away from that game where he ran 183 yards against Arizona. He finished that season with um, a good game against Seattle, too. So um, there's potential that he could deliver. And when a guy who just one year removed from a a game knocking on the door of 200 yards, then then I'm willing to roll with him. And I look back to the August drafts. You know, bulky Jeff Wilson was uh, especially – um, prior to his injury, so perhaps earlier in the summer, maybe not August. But anyway, this was a draft pick, a single-digit draft pick. This was the eighth, ninth-round running back. And, um, you know, we haven't got much from him this year. We possibly could this weekend.
1: Tenth-place finishers in the FFPC main event, Jeff and Ed McCann are about five minutes away here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week. Talk a lot about uh, their matchup this week as well as their hopes to win that $500,000 coming up in a few weeks here at the, rem- or at the end of the NFL regular season. Um, let's talk Green Bay Packers here for a little bit. We found out this week from head coach Matt Lafleur that uh, Randall Cobb has a significant core injury. He's going to be out for a while. And we also found out he had surgery, uh, which could knock him out, mm. quite frankly, for the remainder of the season. Alan Lazard, his teammate, actually had this uh, last year, this same surgery, and he was out for a month and a half. So it's going to be very, very difficult for him to come back and be fantasy worthy uh, this season. That said, when one door closes, another one opens, and now it's opening up to Alan Lazard. It's opening up to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and quite frankly, Saquonemi is St. Brown. It does not appear that it is opening up to Amari Rodgers, if you follow the quotes from Matt Lafleur this week. Um, Amari Rodgers, a guy who normally plays the slot, was not mentioned um, uh, until after those players uh, who could fulfill the um, the slot role while Randall Cobb is out. So I think when you look at who could be the beneficiary uh, of this, Ferrell, number one, I think it's Devontae Adams. I think he gets even more targets yep. now. Um, but at the same time, somebody's got a benefit here. I think it's probably going to be Lazard. That's um, that. Said, I would not be looking to start him this week, or quite frankly, any of the weeks going forward. Here, fun to think about in practice. Not fun. Uh, 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 it's not a fun process to get him out there, though.
3: And this is a fun farewell to a friend uh, this year. Of, you know, bulky, near and dear to our hearts. Uh, Green Bay Packer, uh, Kentucky Wildcat, uh, the the uh, poster child of uh, fantasy football for one, two-packer Ron Meyer. He always loves him. Some Randy Cobb. Cobb is consistent. You know, he's had two games with two TDs this year. And I think a lot of fantasy players haven't thought about putting him into lineups, how sweet it would be if you could rely on him this weekend, because he's had big games against big teams. Pittsburgh earlier in the year. Then Arizona, I think that was a two-touchdown game last week, finishing up with the Rams. Uh, 28 receptions, five touchdowns. And, Balky, I believe you're on to something. I think Rodgers, during this situation, is going to count on the players um, that he works with. You know, Rodgers and Cobb, uh, they have a special thing going. And, and so those numbers, you're right. Adams, the running backs, if I can see any player – that could step up, it might be the uh, the tight end, the kid out of Cincinnati, is his name, Deguara?
1: Josiah Deguara.
3: Yes. You know, uh, Deguara could be the guy that's the beneficiary of this. However, uh, you know, the rich get richer, and if you have Devontae Adams on your team, just expect more. And could you believe that, to expect more from Devontae Adams? But I think that's where those five touchdowns will be going.
1: Farrell, we, um, we, we touched on the Seattle-Houston game a little bit. One thing that did pop up late this afternoon was Brandon Cooks on the injury report uh, for Houston mm-hmm. with a back injury. Now, he, got, he was full practice Wednesday, full on Thursday. I, you know, whenever I see a, a guy pop up um, on the injury report when he practiced in full the day before, alarm bells, and, and I, I see red flags, and like this is, this is a total you know a red alert for me um, when I see something like this. Is this something that we should be concerned about? I guess when it comes down to it, if Cooks is active on Sunday, he plays at 1 o'clock. So you got to get him in your lineup regardless of this, right? Oh, I don't think so, Bucky. Uh, I have – well, you know, we
3: do have a quarterback coming back. We, we do have – uh, we are going with Mills, the rookie, and I think that's a very good thing. The Cooks, uh, the players that uh, are playing Cooks, um, the fantasy managers – they've benefited from him all year. It's gone rather cold, and, and I don't know. I might look somewhere else against this defense, which you finally won me over on, and I want to give you some credit, Balky. Um You won me over on this Packer defense. You also won me over on the Kansas City defense. Defenses are so important in fantasy football, most so in the KFFSC, and I saw a stat where Kansas City – is giving up less than 12 points a game. And I know I have uh, gone off subject with this, but I've been very, very impressed with your ability to break down a defense. I think it's going to have something to do with you collecting and holding up and transporting back to Wisconsin uh, Kentucky trophies this year. Uh, Cooks is a question mark. Um, There's probably – uh there's probably some player, and we 're going to get to talk about a couple of sleepers at the position, but there's probably some player I might be a little more comfortable with uh in, in this game uh, going forward. you know the Houston Texans are a two and ten team, and they 're really not as good as their record, and that 's about all I 'm saying.
1: Well, two guys that have a great record, not only in 2021, uh, but in, their, uh, in the course of their high-stakes careers are joining us right now. Yes. Uh, and I want to bring in tonight's guests. They've been involved in high-stakes fantasy football for almost 20 years. They've played in the FFPC main event every single year of its existence. Um, they've been plagued by the always the bridesmaid, never the bride mantra over, a mantra over the years. This year could be different Ooh. because they finished the main event regular season in 10th place overall, that's where they're going to start in the championship round coming up in just a couple of weeks. Please welcome onto the program Ed and Jeff McCann. Gentlemen, congratulations hey. on the regular season finish. Uh, thanks for hopping aboard tonight. This is awesome, guys. How we doing?
2: Doing excellent. Thank you for having us. Good um, evening. So, How was this one? So,
1: well, listen, it, it's a thrill to have you on after uh, you guys have been competing for so long and, and done as well as you can, we're gonna right, done as well as you have over the past several years. I want to get into your career in a little bit, but before we get to that, I do want to number one congratulate you for your, your achievement so far this season. Before we get into fantasy football, Jeff, can you let the listeners know what, what you're doing for a living and then Ed, please chime in and let us know as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a service manager for an electronic security integrator company called Convergent. Uh, we provide access control and video monitoring of corporate buildings in the New York, New Jersey, Delaware region.
2: I'm a uh, vice president and a senior project manager for a construction company in the city, Clune uh, Construction, doing all interior fitouts, uh, mostly commercial projects. Um, Doing this for about 22 years now. Wow. Right around the
1: same oh, time, you guys I'm picked up, up. high stakes I... fantasy football as well.
3: Yeah, go ahead, Farrell. I'll well, yeah, to I, I just, table. yeah, the fe- I was, fellas, immediately after Balky teased your appearance on the show using the picture. I knew you guys were Easterners, but he put this picture up, and I immediately went to two of my teams they are still in contention, not all of my teams, but two of my teams are still in contention. And I changed their names to ruggedly handsome men in skirts. And so, you know, I'm going, forward, I'm, I'm going forward with you guys. You guys look like you know how to have a damn good time, is, is all I'm telling about. And you're, you're very, very competitive. I've looked at these teams. And the first question I want to ask is about one of my favorite players. Uh, and man, he's had a rough year. But he asked, He went, this player, Josh Reynolds, who came from the Rams, and I thought the Titans had done a great job. I thought they said, look at this. They've acquired a, a flex receiver that uh, they can put into the spot position, like running downfield. He showed a lot of promise when he was with the Rams. I liked him. He never got on the field. Now he asked for his release, and it's granted, despite that, that, that they need all this uh, demand for receivers in Tennessee. So now he's been in Detroit. Two weeks, seventy yards each week, three or four receptions. Do you guys feel that that I'm too high on Reynolds or in your teams where you need that fourth receiver where you need that flex play? Would you put Reynolds in this week? Is he a guy? Is 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 he a guy for Ed and Joe?
4: So I'll take this one, Ed. I I. I thoroughly agree with you in years past, absolutely. And then this year, specifically after he was released and then signed by the Lions, I figured, you know what, this is the time. This is the time. This guy is going to have the opportunity, and he's going to flourish, right? Um, Right. Has had a couple of good weeks. But for us and our specific team and our specific leagues, going into the FFBC main event uh, final three-week stretch, we actually decided to drop him this week. Um, we we almost started him this past week, but going into knowing that week's 15 through 17 and 2021 with all the issues that are surrounding it with covid and yep. the like, we have to have depth, right? So we opted mm-hmm. to having that second kicker and that third tight end over our sixth wide receiver and that sixth wide receiver is Josh Reynolds. So even though he he could be that fourth wide receiver on someone's team and, and a spot starter, we decided to go for depth over than the potential that we would end up starting him.
3: Oh, and, and and I feel your pain. I released Marvin Jones in one league, that wasn't difficult, but Emmanuel Sanders in another was. And you know, so you guys <laughs> have a good team, and but yes, depth, and I I think I think that's a good move, and I guess it's. I, I guess the, the panacea to that is the fact that no one else can pick him up at this late date, so it doesn't doesn't yep. hurt as much to let him go. But I think that's wise. I'm glad that I'm glad Absolutely. that we both believe in Reynolds, and when we see that 19th and 20th round
4: come around and.
3: 2022 maybe we'll see mr reynolds again.
4: <laughs> absolutely you know what and Farrell also if, if it gets to the point that i need to start josh reynolds in a week 15 or week 16 matchup i think i have greater problems <laughs> right than, uh, <laughs> than this <laughs>
2: um
1: ed let me throw this one to you because uh one of the receivers that has been playing over josh reynolds for you guys on this team has been debo samuel he's been you know, electric, awesome, fantastic. Paid off on his draft value, no no problem. Um, now, he, this week, got in, he worked on the side yesterday. It sounded like he got into a limited uh, practice, uh, I beg pardon, a full practice today. And Ian Rappaport says he has a chance to play against the Bengals. Now, the problem with this is it's a 425 game on Sunday, so you won't know until after those 1 o'clock games kick off. So I'm just kind of curious, number one, what are you guys thinking about doing um, with him having that late game? And then number two, if if you do decide to play him on such a loaded squad, who is, is being benched in favor of Debo Samuel? Ed.
2: Well, right now, you know Debo was one of probably our, and this is I'll give all the credit to Jeff because he was screaming Debo from probably the fourth round of picking uh, at the draft, <laughs> um, and we finally grabbed him in, in the eighth round. We just said let's pull the trigger on this guy and. Um, he has carried the team Been one of those you know, superstars for us But with every injury There's such a risk And it's one of the reasons why we went uh, so hard For Amir Abdullah this week He's a pass catching back He looks like he could um, We think he could outshine Chubbard, um, especially going up Against the, the Falcons this week He's the safety net He's the, he's the guy that we, we selected And went hard after because of The Devo injury, and yeah, it's you know, I think it's is a groin injury, and it's just kind of or a little angle, but it's, it's, uh, it's risky. You know, it could be a one, two-week thing, but we feel confident that we can put Amir in in that spot and hopefully get uh, similar point production out of them right now. Uh, you know, an injured Debo versus a healthy Amir um, in a good game where Panthers have to come out hard at home against Falcons. You know, guys,
3: um, let's keep with these receivers because uh, here's one that's baffled me all year long. And it, yeah, you know, you you think about the Denver Broncos and you say this is a rushing team. They want to run the ball first. They've developed a, a real nice running back tandem. They've got a good tight end. But what's strange is that as Teddy Bridgewater goes, so go the Broncos. When I mean, he has uh, Bridgewater. Uh, Over 100 uh, passer rating for for the game, the Broncos win. Less than 100, he loses. Um, He's got to have the support, and this week they get the Detroits, which is my understanding. Uh, What do you do when you look at Jerry Judy, who when you drafted him, you imagined that he would be a a big player for you, that even in his worst efforts it would still be – a double-digit effort, and and here we are in in this late into the season. Jerry Judy, uh, no end zone, no touchdowns, only twenty-eight catches. We were just talking about our uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb has twenty-eight catches. We never dreamed about starting Randall Cobb. What do you do with Jerry Judy this weekend? <laughs>
2: Jeff, i I've been, I've been looking at Jerry Judy. I have no offense on other teams thinking that this was going to be his year. Uh, I watched the game real close last week, and I, I think it, you said it the best, that, that Teddy Bridgewater is just, I think the team itself is just not gelling right now. You've got, you've got a beast in Javonta Williams. Why would you go away from that, right, between Gordon and, and Javonta Williams? You've got a safety net with a pass catching back. The guy – you know, he's going to get you the points because he's going to get the yards. His yards after contact are, are just incredible. And uh, Jerry Judy's just not – he's just been not a target. You, you're, you're always seeing it being targets to Tim Patrick or Sutton. Um, and I just haven't seen it with Judy. I don't have – you know, this could be a breakout game because you are up against, you know, it's if the Lions. But they're – I still – I don't know. Jerry, it's a tough spot. People drafted him when he got hurt. They left him on the bench yep. hoping that when he came back, and he just did not – he just hasn't produced. And I don't see for the next three weeks um, being able to rely on him. It's just we're on a short season right now, and there's got to, you have to have a better option because you're really going to hope for that. You know, you didn't draft him for seven points or eight points a game, right? You drafted no. him for those double digits, and to be that WR2 closer to one, maybe right in that WR2 range, and he's now in that four, You've got to find a better guy to put in there. That's my thoughts. See, Maybe I, think, I think he's, he's actually going to break out. Yeah, Jeff, I think would be nice.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the teams are going to start focusing on the run, and also Teddy Bridgewater is looking for his next contract, right? He's looking to, to prove himself. So to prove himself, he's not going to he's not gonna hand off the ball, right? He's going to try to throw to his top guys. So I actually think Jerry Judy is going to be a monster these next few weeks. Um, wow. He's going to live up to his draft capital and the proven uh, top guy that he was in the first half of the season, the first quarter of the season that he was. I
2: and love it's funny
4: it uh, we created don't...
3: a controversy. We've created a controversy <laughs> between our brothers, and now we just uh, have to stand back you, and witness the intersign warfare that will take place after they discuss yeah, it. Yeah,
2: you, you really should see us on, on draft day, because uh, we don't agree on a, on a lot of things, and uh, we have to have these debates. And we let that clock run down to like five seconds, and we're like, all right, somebody's got to step up and make the pick right here. And that's how a lot of our drafts get done. Ah, <laughs> uh, So –
1: so okay, so let's let's go back and, and look at your career here just just for a second, Jeff. Number one, who got into fantasy football first and, and brought the other one in? Did you get in and Ed brought you in, or did Ed get into it and then he brought you in? And how did you get involved in in, in like the WCAFF and the FFPC then?
4: Sure. So um, so Ed's a senior member, right? He's uh, he's fourteen years older than I am. So I mean, wow. he was doing fantasy when I was in diapers, and. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> So growing growing up he was always the uh, the the money when I was the brains um you know as we were getting <laughs> together and and joining uh teams and joining forces it was always he was putting in the entry fee and he was leaving me to uh to formulate the teams um, so, I mean, this goes back to the early 2000s, and he really got me in on it. His, his group of friends was the ones that was really uh, developing, um, you know, the homegrown leagues and then eventually getting into the Las Vegas leagues, the, the worldwide uh, competitions. Um, but we've we've worked well as a team as we've grown uh, over these last 20 years, and it's really understanding each other's strengths, right? I mean, when we get together, we know – um, if if it's going to be uh, talking about prior to drafts, if the the weeks leading up to drafts, how are we going to formulate it? Are we talking about um, you're focusing on the first two or three rounds, and then I'm going to focus on the middle rounds, and, hey, you focus on the backup running backs, you focus on the kickers and the, and the defenses, et cetera, et cetera. We've meshed well, and we've been successful over these past 20 years, um, not necessarily winning uh, winning the FFPC main events, and that's why we've always been the bridesmaid, never the bride, but we've been successful. We've been positive over these last 20 years, um, and, it's, and it's built on that, that teamwork. That trust in each other on a pre-draft basis, and then also on a weekly basis. Uh, we have our, our nuances. We we get together on you know Wednesday nights before the waivers run. We get together on Sunday mornings before the waivers run, and then Sunday afternoons right before the, the lineups lock. Um, and it's a good teamwork that we that we uh, have uh, grown to realize. I'll keep it simple. I made a good investment.
2: (laughs) I made a good good investment because I'm the older one that had the family early. I'm the one that couldn't have the time. I had a college student that was in there watching every college game on Saturday. They knew the history of every player that was out there that when we were getting to draft day, I couldn't even pronounce some of these names. He's like, this is the guy we need to take. I'm like, okay, let's go. Cool.
1: So so Jeff, when, when, I, I get the feeling that you have had some close calls, right, uh, over the years of, of cashing in some serious money. So w- tell me a little bit about this. Have, have, you guys, have you and Ed really been dominant in the regular season and then fizzled out in the championship round? Have you guys gotten to the championship round and been oh so close to, to a big-time payday and then just, you know, the ball didn't bounce your way at the end? Like, w- what are some of the close calls you and Ed have had?
4: Oh man, I remember specifically, and actually, Ed and I were talking about this uh, yesterday and, and and again today. Is I believe it was 2014 where we we killed it. We killed it in the regular season, and then we mm. started the wrong kicker in in the championship, oh. and and that killed us, absolutely killed us. And then if you, <laughs> it was funny. It was the same exact season that we went into the FFPC uh, playoff challenge, right? And you have to choose your team for the entire playoffs. And we finished in seventh in the playoff challenge. And the only difference between our team and the the team that finished first was the kicker.
0: It was, like, uh, uh,
4: it was, it was karma, right? <laughs> we, we took a kicker and they, and the team that we took the kicker on in first place took the, uh, did not take that team and then vice versa. Um, so that was the only difference in our team. So not only did we lose in the, the, the championship, we lost in the playoffs both by a kicker. So that's why I always tell Ed, focus on the kickers. Make sure we have a great kicker every single week and every single of year. Um who but is honestly, your great they,
3: kicker who is your great kicker this
4: year? Uh, we we've had Nick Folk. Ed picked up Nick Folk, Nick Folk. um when oh. someone dropped Ooh. him earlier in the season and we have rolled with Nick Folk all year. Obviously he's on by this week, but, but I mean he's been great for us this second half of the this year. <sighs>
2: Congratulations. We
4: played uh we, we did we changed about one week for Brandon McManus
2: and we had nineteen points. And that was what brought us into that. Got us a big victory with uh, with our kicker points.
3: You fellas are living right. That's all I can say. You know, uh, <laughs> you know living long, and, and you guys being New Yorkers, um, you, you know, you're you're you. There's one quarterback that's had a long, long life in this NFL, and he will be starting for the New York Football Giants this weekend. Mike Glennon, six and twenty-one lifetime as a starter. Um, he always kind of in football scouting you you can't find many guys. There's a six foot seven inch rookie quarterback that's in the draft this year, but and and you know you think well six foot seven that would make a hell of a quarterback, but you really can't find guys that have been very successful that are that size. And Glennon's one of those guys. He's six seven. Um, Oddly enough it is his birthday. He's like thirty forever. Oh. He's you know, been around forever. Sunday is his birthday. <laughs> so he gets a big day. Are you gonna trust in the birthday vibes that Glennon can deliver to any of your giant players? I, I probably guess with your success this year that you're not Barclay owners. But you might have a giant <laughs> or two somewhere on that roster. Is there one that you are looking a little side eyed at? with the addition of Glennon or do you think it would be the Glennon from back in say 2013, who was a good player with
4: the, with the bucks? I I can confidently say I will not be starting a single near giant this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Including Barkley.
4: (laughs) including Barkley. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I I actually think uh, one of the best starts you could play is Chase Daniel, the backup for the Chargers, because Justin Herbert will be out at halftime.
3: <laughs> oh,
4: my goodness.
3: You know, fellas, the Giants, oddly enough, have held some very good quarterbacks to very small fantasy production this year. So I, it's uh, – it's 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 been a quandary about their bend but don't break uh, uh, defense. I uh, are you guys Giants guys? You grow up Jets guys? or Are you fans of football just around the country? What, what's
2: what <coughs> Buffalo follow? Bills? The only New York <coughs> Buffalo Bill fan. The only really New York team.
3: <coughs> there you
4: go. <know>, True. <laughs> you know. Oh
3: man, so, you gotta love that. Yeah,
4: so Ed, Ed grew up a Bills fan, and then since I was uh, I was younger, um, our our father was a Dolphins fan. So growing up uh-huh. with a Bills fan and a Dolphins fan, it was like there's no one to watch on TV. So that's where I gravitated towards fantasy football, and realized you know what, it's not it doesn't make sense to have a favorite football team. Just have a favorite fantasy football player and root for them. So that's what I've been going for <clears> for <throat> the last uh, 20 plus years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it served you hey, very I'm-
4: well, my friend. <laughs> Ed, let me
1: ask you, um, as a as a Bills fan, um, you know I, I think I, I just expected more of them. I thought they they would be dominating more this season. Um, and I, what are they, seven and five or something like that, right now? And specifically yeah. with the fantasy players there, I mean, we knew it was it was you know kind of going to be a dealer's choice every week with with Singletary and Moss, and and now Matt Breda as well. But, I mean, like, Diggs hasn't been all that dominant. Josh Allen has, has had a couple of good games. He's had some couple of clunkers, too. Beasley has had, he's mostly been disappointing this year. Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel <coughs> Sanders, both pretty inconsistent. What's your sort of take on, on why the Bills haven't performed up to expectations? And if you own, own any of those players in fantasy uh, going forward, do you need to temper your expectations for the championship route?
2: You, you definitely do. Josh Allen, it was very worrisome when I started seeing Josh Allen get drafted number one to three quarterback uh, this year because I was like, oh, <clears throat> way too high of expectations already. They don't have a running game. We drafted Singletary everywhere, in our, everywhere we could in our dynasty leagues because we were so excited about the potential he had. But the team's just not built for a running game. And <clears throat> it was a, a, a I read some things this week about how, since the second half of the season, the quarterback percentage completions, the distance from the the average throw down the field, are all being reduced. It has a lot to do with the defense is going into a cover two, and Josh Allen lives on that deep pass, and that's why Stefan Diggs is just not producing. He's getting you know two for thirty and a touchdown, and that's just not where you drafted him for. Um, and as a Bills fan, I need to, you know, I want to see more. I want to, you know, see these guys go, but. When, you, when you're so single-sided you know, um, with an offense, you're so predictable, you have no rushing game, you know, they're not letting Josh Allen get out to the right where he wants to go. You know, defenses are running around him, and I really have a bad feeling about this weekend's game as well. I think going into Tampa Bay, you, know, you have to really think about what, what am I expecting out of Josh Allen or Knox or Diggs um
1: and then they go in there too as a uh three and a half point dog uh 53 and a half on the total so hopefully we'll get to see some offense there i know a lot of fantasy players not only owning a lot of bills players but a lot of buccaneers players as well um you have a bad feeling about this game let's talk about a good feeling that a player has given you this year ed who's who's the one player that you think you and you and jeff are most proud of drafting this season um you, you know no matter where it was whether it was an early round pick mid round late round pick Who's the guy you're most proud of? The guy you want to hang your hat on? Like, boy, we really nailed our analysis on this guy.
2: Uh, it would have to be the you know the 2021 fantasy football MVP, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we had a plan going. We had a plan going into the uh, into into our draft. Uh, first round was tight end or wide receiver, and it was Waller or Adams. And we said, you know what? Let's just stick with Adams. We trust him. We had no – we did not think we were, Jonathan Taylor was going to fall to us in our sixth spot. We had Nick Chubb written down on the board and was like, wait a second. He just – he fell to us. Let's jump on him. Let's just take a second look. And, you know, the, the way he's performed this year and the past couple of weeks, you know, you're getting 30, 40 points. on I mean, him. you're just you're, – he's carrying the team along with, you know, Devo. So I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor was just a, such a, a great spot, you know, getting him just is making the difference.
3: That's – I apologize, guys. uh, I'm sitting here thinking back to your dad being a Dolphin fan. I've been stuck there ever since you said (laughs) that. (laughs) Now, your dad is a Dolphin. I'm wondering if it's because he didn't – because he didn't care for Namath. He wasn't a Namath fan. Maybe he thought Namath was overpaid, didn't like the Colts. And then, then there's a lot of guys that rooted for the Big Ten and not the SEC. And Greasy was the quarterback of the Dolphins. I, I'd like you guys to get into the family history of that, get some answers, and we can talk about it in August in Las Vegas. That's going to be the story that me until then. But,
2: it, you know, to one keep of it, the to things keep it that bothers for you. Is, My dad, our dad grew up in Florida, so Florida State, University of Miami, Florida Gators, and the Miami Dolphins. So he's been out of Florida for 50, 60 years, but he just will never let go of his Florida, you know, his love. (laughs) Well, I love that.
3: I I think that's great. He stays true to his roots. There's something to be said about that. You know, i I got to tell you, we're in week 14 and you know it's uncharted territory for me because I finally played enough teams that I j- just by just by fortunate luck I was able to have some teams that are that are still in it and still playing for championships. This is the only way in the FFPC you can go get in free agency at this time of the year. So I'm I'm trying to figure out this uncharted ground for me how to handle free agency with just a couple other teams and you know what do you do and. And, you know, I keep going back and forth with the rules. But oddly enough, there's still some players out there. Was there anybody that you guys went particularly hard for on the waiver wire this weekend that would, would make a difference for you either this week or moving forward? And I guess we probably don't need to talk about kickers. We've exhausted that. But anybody else that you went on?
4: Yeah, I mean, we this specific week, um, you know, it, it was funny. Ed and I were talking earlier, and something that's plagued us uh, throughout the years. And Eric, you asked this question earlier: why we've always been the bridesmaid, not the bride, is as I really mm-hmm. think is because we haven't been strong on our free agent building, uh, bidding. Excuse me, in early on the year, we we've always been, uh, you know, tempted on. On that bidding, we haven't we haven't gone above a hundred dollars for some of our, our our guys over the years. Um, mm. So, so because of that, um, we haven't gotten the big names on the waiver wire throughout the last ten years, and that hasn't helped us build our teams throughout the the rest of the season get into the championships, et cetera, et cetera. So. This year, we got Corderell Patterson in week one for, I think, 50 or 60 bucks, where everyone else spent four, five dollars $500, $600 in week two after he uh, erupted. But that allowed us this week specifically to have more free agent dollars than the other three teams in our playoffs. And that allowed us to spend um, money on a kicker, a, a Amir Abdullah, so no one else can get him. And if we wanted to stop anyone else, from getting any of the other guys. And I think that has definitely helped us specifically this year to make sure that we win this week and be successful in the next three weeks in the fantasy football uh, main event um, championship hey. weeks.
0: So, so to answer your question, uh, now,
4: Amir Abdullah is who we really went after this week to make sure, A, to solidify our bench, and B, to block any of our competitors from getting him just in case he erupts over the next three four weeks.
2: Right, and it could happen. And just to clarify, the reason that we, were, you know, we, always, we always finish the season with like $400 in our pocket is because Jeff's cheap. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, because Ed you spends his $3 or $4 each week on kickers, and I spend uh, $50 or $60 on <laughs> running backs and wide receivers.
3: <laughs> you cannot take it with you. It doesn't roll over to next year.
4: Let's
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but- Good, fellas. Let's go out to some listener emails that we got here. And, Jeff, I'm going to throw this first one to you. From Brian in Milburn, New Jersey, he writes, I'm missing Jonathan Taylor this week, so how startable is Ty Johnson? I also have Devin Singletary and J.D. McKissick. Good luck in the championship round, guys. That is Brian in Milburn, New Jersey. Brian, thanks for listening. Thanks for writing. Um, So he has a choice. Essentially, he's got to start one of these guys, Ty Johnson, Devin Singletary and J.D. McKissick, it sounds like he's leaning towards Ty Johnson. Uh, Jeff, what would you say uh, if you were faced with that decision?
4: Um, I am going all in on Ty Johnson, unless J.D. McKissick is active for the game. They're both 1 o'clock games, or at least the McKissick game is 1 o'clock. I don't know if the Jets game is 1 o'clock or not. Um, If McKissick is active, I think everyone is overvaluing Gibson this week due to, uh, obviously, McKissick's uh, concussion and so forth, but if not, Ty Johnson should be, should be a beast this week.
1: And they are both 1 o'clock games. Uh, J.D. McQu- uh, McKissick officially listed as questionable. He's, it looks like he's still in the concussion protocol, but he could get out of that. So we shall see what happens there, but there you go. Brian in New, Jer- New Jersey, you have your answer there. Um Ed, why don't you uh, take this one here? It's Fred in Dallas who writes, I won't have Gesicki and probably not Darren Waller this week. Well, officially, as of now, you do not because he's listed as out. Uh, so what can I expect from Austin Hooper against the Ravens? Ooh. Ed, do you have any thoughts? By the way, thanks, Fred in Dallas for the email. Um, Ed, do you have any thoughts about Austin Hooper taking on the Ravens? It's, it's
2: a pretty lonely tight end room in Cleveland right now. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that Austin Hooper has that has that sleeper potential for for this week, um, and I definitely would roll with him. Uh, you know, he he's proved he has produced in the past. Uh, you know, I would you know it'd be great if the guy had Dawson Knox to get slide into uh, into the role for this weekend, but right. um, Austin Hooper is I would definitely think that he's got a shot to produce. You know, he's not going to have you're not looking at a seven catch, you know, 60 yard touchdown guy, but you definitely have that shot at some double digit, uh, fantasy points.
1: And, and I, and I will to just to piggyback on that, um, 31% target share for Cleveland tight end so far this year, and they won't have Harrison Bryan or David and Joku. Uh, the Ravens are kind of middle in the pack of giving up tight end receptions this year, but listen, uh, if he's the only one out there, um, especially if this is a tight end premium league, get him out there as a flex because I think you may be happy. I know um, Carol Elliott is always happy to ask this final question uh, tonight, so I'll let my co-host take it away. Thank you, Bulky. Hey, guys, I I, be- and I believe you might have teased a couple of answers
3: and they were very good ones. Maybe you'll have a couple more for us. The bad stud, the bad studs that you guys are, are different kind of guys. I want you to really tell us the stud that will lay the dud this weekend. A guy that you do not want to start who you normally do, and then tell us about a sleeper because man, we could all use a sleeper. And I'd really love <laughs> to have two from each. That would give me four. If I get four from you guys, I might be able to figure this out and keep it family.
4: <laughs> all right, let's see if I'll start off uh, well for you. I'm gonna go uh, with Saquon as the bust of the week, bust of the year, bust of next year. You know, honestly, <laughs> you know, as being in, being in the New York market, we all know the Giants um, are terrible drafters, right? They they right. for years they everyone and their mother have said draft offensive linemen and they do not draft offensive linemen. So regardless of who you put at quarterback, who you put at running back, who you put at wide receiver or tight end, if you don't have that O-line, you're not going to be successful. So Saquon Barkley is an immense talent, but you're never going to fulfill that immense talent without that O-line. So just like he was for the first half of last week when he was three catches for minus four yards, he's going to be similar this week. He's going to be a bust. Um, So that's, that's who my, my, bus of the weekend is. And then I would say uh, for the sleeper of this week, I'm going to go with uh, an an old goodie, LaVisca Chenault. Um, And it's really... Because I dropped him in one of my leagues this week. It. <laughs> and it and it's one of those one of those things, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you hold a guy all year long waiting for him to break out and when you need to drop him to have that backup tight end <laughs> to, to start this week is when he's gonna break out. At, at some point he is gonna break out and he's gonna be a good guy to have for uh, a couple weeks this week this year, uh, and then for next year in the future. Ooh, very nice.
2: Uh, so I'll, I'll start off. So I'll start with a guy that I think is gonna gonna really step up this week is uh, Devonta Foreman. Uh, I know last week everybody got a chance to see Hilliard and, and what he did, and you know he's got a big burst of speed, that 68 yard touchdown run. Um, but you know, Devonta, if I'm saying his name right, he did get the more carries. I think he's the more explo- I think he's got the potential to run this game through. Jacksonville can't really stop anybody on the run recently. And it's just, I think it's just going to be a game script where uh, Jacksonville's not going to be able to produce, and Tennessee's just going to – they're built to run the ball, and I think they're just going to run all day long. Tannehill's not having a great run right now, so I think they just hand the ball off, run up the score, and run the clock down. On the, on the bust side, I'm not going to say this is necessarily a bust, and this might be a lot of that Buffalo Bills in me, but I think the expectations <laughs> for Tom Brady this week have to be, much, have to be lowered a lot. The last hmm. few years, the bills, have, the bills have gotten to him. He averaged about 200 yards a game, a touchdown, maybe two, but he was also sacked two to three times a game and at least an interception to two each game they played. We also have a team at Buffalo that cannot stop anybody from running. It's always been our weakness. I think Fournette has a huge game and a huge day, and uh, I think that they, you know, they just – it's more, like I said, it's, it's a little bit more of game script. But I don't think you're going to see, you know, a 250, three-touchdown, four-touchdown game from Brady this week. That's just that's um, what I think that- is –
1: and, and, and listen, that's why we have you on, right? We want to know what you think. You're helping people out, um, players maybe you're even competing against, quite frankly, in the main event um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. But, listen, we, we cannot thank you enough for hopping aboard, making a little time on this Friday evening to, to talk fantasy football with us. Congratulations on the performance so far. May you pick the right kicker going forward. I certainly <laughs> hope that happens for you guys as well. And who knows, maybe we'll be doing this again in a month or so. Uh, if you guys are able to take down the big prize, that would be tremendous to talk to you guys again. Thank you so much for hopping on tonight. Thank
4: you, guys. Hope okay. so. All right. All right. Thank you
1: very much for having us.
4: Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Farrell. Enjoy the rest of your evening and your weekends. Thank
1: you so much, ladies and gentlemen. It's been Jeff and Ed McCann popping on the airwaves tonight. Remember um, that both of them are on Twitter, too, if you want to uh, – Gar, uh, you know, go go there for and, and uh, harass him for fantasy advice. I think you might get an answer. Jeff is at Metsman forever, and Ed is at EWA twenty four fifty seven. Good stuff from them. The tenth place finishers in the twenty twenty one FFPC main event regular season. They hop the board uh, tonight. Um, Farrell, I, yeah, I, I we didn't. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and the thing is, they have two decades of experience of of working together and knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I will say this, Farrell. Anytime we have co owners on, and, and you can feel free to disagree with me, but I think you're on the same side. It always seems like the most successful partnerships. and this is this can be true of like you know marriage or employment or whatever. But the most successful partnerships are the ones that realize what the other one is good at and letting you know delegating yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, that duty to them and, and, and the communication and working together. And these guys clearly have it, you know, it, 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 even today, you know, they they're talking about this year, they're running the clock down to five seconds because they disagree, but they still find a way to make it work. And they're making it work in 10th place overall in the main event.
3: Tremendous. I would I would love to have those guys in Kentucky because I'd just like to facilitate a few rounds just to watch them <laughs> go back and forth with each other and I think that would be I think that would be very entertaining and you 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 know sometimes you sit there and you see that and you say well these guys aren't prepared they don't know what they're doing hell that's just how they do it you know and and it's uh, I, I love that I love the age difference among the brothers and the way that they're you know they're connecting. Uh, Like they've shared a great deal I think that's unique and special It's very cool having them on the show
1: Very cool having them on the show And it's very cool when our listeners participate By emailing us their questions Which we're going to get to right now First one is Nick in Middle River, Minnesota He writes, what's up fellas? Got some backfield issues this week I could either start uh, Chuba Hubbard Or Deontay Foreman Which one would you guys roll with? Thank you, that is Nick in Middle River, Minnesota So this week um, Chuba Hubbard um, is we we think the lead guy um, as they yeah. host the Atlanta Falcons, um, uh, do the Carolina Panthers, and then Deontay Foreman also has a home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Farrell, which is the guy for you here? It's the Cam
3: Newton effect that makes me stay away from Hubbard because I, as we talked about on the show. Uh, previously, Cam Newton is going to get that ball in the red zone. He's going to score those touchdowns. He's going to run them, and he's going to get them, and that's going to take points away from Hubbard. You need those points to really make a difference at the running back position uh, in fantasy football. So I'm going to lean on Foreman. Our our, our McCann brothers have have already told us that they're high on Foreman, and I think coming out of this bye week for Tennessee – they want to establish a running game because that's the way they're built. They're built that way with a superstar player. They don't have him. Foreman is the guy that they go to, that the coach had the relationship with, with the Texans. All things to me, point Foreman.
1: Um, I think I am going to agree with you because, I, you know, we heard Jeff and Ed talk, talking about Amir Abdullah, And, they, you know, to their point, or to their credit, they didn't say that Abdullah was going to blow up this week, but it is a little bit unknown. Uh, we do know that Foreman's mm-hmm. been getting a lot of the touches um, ever since Adrian Peterson left town and, and Derek Henry went on IR. I just, I'm more assured I, the, the volume there makes me a little bit more comfy and fuzzy. So I'm going to go with Foreman as well. Uh, James, uh, beg your pardon here. Let's go on. And, and uh, Jerry uh, is uh, the next email from Tribune, Kansas. Dear Balky and Farrell have been really disappointed with Cortland Sutton for a month plus and keep uh. waiting for him to turn it on. Is it time to bench him for Jamison Crowder this week? That is Jerry in Tribune, Kansas. Jerry, thank you for the email. I'll tell you this. I have Cortland Sutton in probably four or five leagues, and I, to my detriment, I've still been rolling him out there as a flex. No more. Not doing it anymore this week. Teddy Bridgewater just does not have eyes for him. I don't know what happened um, when, when you know Sutton missed the, that time and he came back, uh, but he's just not trustworthy right now. You have a situation in New York. Corey Davis is on IR. Now, Keelan Cole, it's his first game back this week, but I don't know if if he's going to be, you know, logging any heavy workload uh, as far as the passing mm-hmm. game goes, Elijah Moore. We don't even know if Elijah Moore is going to play, as he was banged up this week. So I feel much more comfortable rolling out Jamison Crowder than I do Cortland Sutton this week.
3: So well, I say a very silent and quick prayer that Elijah Moore does play. You know, it's interesting what the fellow said. They have, they have Jerry Judy, and the quote was well, Sutton and Patrick are getting all the looks. And if you find a Sutton owner, he's going to tell you Patrick and Judy and probably Fant are getting all the
0: looks. (laughs) And
3: then, you know, somebody else, if you have Patrick, you're going to say, well, you know, he's really productive and he scores the ball often when they throw it to him in the red zone. Why doesn't he get more? Everything goes to Sutton and Judy. Fant doesn't catch enough of anything. And, you know, how confusing would this been if Hambler hadn't got hurt? And, and you know, all this wide receiver, asset and depth team that can't make it work, despite the fact that they have a great rushing attack. And I don't think everything points to Teddy. Uh, it, it's a... System situation. It's a game management situation, but it is a, at the end of the day, it's a situation that does not support us in fantasy football. I second your Sutton to the bench. I'm not brave enough to play Judy. There's better tight end options than Fant. Let's stick with the Denver running backs and forget about what we know. I mean, these guys—they look like they—they uh, they look like Ferraris of football who won't start.
2: Mm.
1: That's t- totally true. And uh, Melvin Gordon should be back this week again. So another reason to uh, get Sutton on your bench and favor of Crowder. Ken in Oakland. Don't laugh, but I have to go with Gerald Everett or CJ Uzoma in week 14. No. Assuming you guys still think they have a better shot of putting up points than my starting tight end, Dallas Goddard, who is on a bye. Any advice is appreciated. That is Ken in Oakland. Yes, Ken. I would start Gerald Everett or CJ Uzoma uh, over Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. this week. The question is which one, and I don't necessarily think I, I have a real oh, good feeling good. on this. I mean, I mean, Everett has the the Texans, right? Uh, Uzuman mm-hmm. is going up against the uh, san francisco 49ers. I guess I would lean towards you know Everett had such a terrible week thirteen, um, and yes. and I guess I, I I would bet on the bounce back there, you know, it sounds like T. Higgins is going to go. He practiced in full today. So I guess I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, Everett than, than Uzoma here, Farrell. What do you think?
3: Um, back in the spring, I ad nauseum celebrated Shane Waldron coming to to the Seahawks and what he would do for the tight end position. and We're actually finally seeing it a little bit um, at the price of perhaps getting the ball to Metcalf. It doesn't seem like there's enough balls to go around. It just seems like a, a Effectless passing game that is not going to give fantasy managers any uh, any help. So it's difficult to trust in Everett, but I trust him more than what they do to uh, with Unza uh, in Cincinnati. What a waste of a great talent, uh, a wonderful SEC player. I, they played at Auburn. I think what could he do? where someone would actually commit to him. How great would he be? This is a great athlete. You know, very little wear and tear on him, very little mileage on him. Maybe he can get out of there in free agency. I don't know why the tight end has not been a part of their offense, and now they're getting further away from it because they're so very, very good at at wide receiver. And, you know, they have a wonderful uh, receiver there in uh, Boyd, uh, Tyler Boyd. And, and he... Uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't scratch uh, anymore uh, in the uh, in the targets and receptions game for fantasy football. And if if a kid like that can't produce, uh, don't expect this a to do either. So it's Gerald Everett. It's an easy answer, and I agree with you, Balky. There's, there's bounce back in Everett. We're finally getting some of what I we would get all season long from that player.
1: Just hang on to the ball, Gerald Everett, and you will be just fine yep. in week 14. Uh, final email, we have Rich in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. How concerned are you guys with Joe Burrow's finger? Is it enough to start Cam Newton over him? Thank you for the email, Rich. Farrell, I'll just tell you this right now. Like, I, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to set the world on fire this week, but all the reports I've read out of Cincinnati um, say that he's throwing the ball not only deep, but he's, showing it, uh, he's, he's throwing it short with touch. And it's, it looks like he's he's throwing the football pretty well, doing everything you want to see if you're a Joe Burrow fantasy football owner. Um, I saw enough from Cam Newton in, in uh, week 12 before the Panthers went on by uh, to know that if it comes down to Burrow or Newton, I like what I have much more with Burrow this week than Cam Newton.
3: You know, it, it... – it's an easy question, especially for those that have been watching Newton recently. And I, Newton was in a press conference this week, and they asked him about the playoffs, and he said, "You know, get get real. I'm I'm 0-2, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I'm trying to get a win." And I thought that was a very, uh, for a player that I, I sometimes haven't liked on the podium. Uh, I thought that was a very solid and impressive answer. But, you know, anyone who's in business with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the number three ranked uh, passing uh, uh, ranking in the NFL quarterback right now. So he has the skill set across all talent predictors to deliver a big game. So this really shouldn't even be a question. You start Joe Burrow pretty much against any quarterback and definitely – Against Cam Newton Joe Burrow will deliver for you And uh, you know he's tough as nails When I, when your finger hurts you hurt all over And imagine gripping the football Throwing it isn't as bad as just gripping the damn thing And uh, he had uh, The protective uh, covering uh, On his finger And he he yanked that damn thing off Threw it on the ground and went out and played football uh, It's an impressive ball player
1: Very impressive ball player And I want to uh, Just end the show this way and talk about another impressive ball player that, uh, that passed on uh, earlier on uh, late Thursday night, I believe. And that was a former fantasy standout, Demarius Thomas, who, um, who,
4: mm-hmm. who left
1: us at the age of 33, would have turned um, 34 years old on Christmas day this year, um, was dealing with some seizures, um, according to his cousin, I guess, uh, he had a seizure while, while he was showering and, and um, found dead, obviously in, in Georgia by the, uh, by the police there. and, um, Demarius Thomas holds a special place in my heart. Uh, when I started playing Dynasty many, many years ago, the first ever rookie pick I ever made was Demarius Thomas. And wow. um, he, he's a guy who dealt with the foot issue at the Combine. He dealt with some lower leg issues later in his career. Finally just could not get the explosion uh, anymore. And, and he hung it up in June uh, of this past year. Um, I think about how he successfully um, petitioned um, his, uh, uh, President Obama to um, commute the sentence of not only his mother or grandmother, uh, not only his mother, but his grandmother, who both went to prison when he was just 11 years old. And then um, his mom got out just in time to see him catch that 80-yard touchdown pass in overtime from Tim Tebow as the Broncos walked it off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Really unfortunate that that he's gone. I I felt like, you know, obviously he's left – he left the game of of football too early left the NFL too early. Now he left the earth too early. Um, You know, certainly a a guy that no, there was nothing but positive stuff. You know, you saw all the the shout outs from, from his former teammates, people who coached him um, said nothing but positive stuff. I always felt like this is a guy who gave it, gave it his all always said. He tried to, you know, achieve everyday greatness, I think is what, what he said. And I think that's something we can all strive to. And I did want to shout him out and tell him to rest in peace tonight Farrell, do you have any favorite Demarius Thomas stories or memories you wanted to share?
3: You know, yeah, I was around him from time to time, and, and he's very soft-spoken, and very humble guy, so, you know, you, you had to have the pleasure of having lengthy time around him to get to know him, and I didn't have that. My my client, Brian Peters, uh, on his social media posted uh, a pregame uh, picture of them all lined up for the anthem on the sidelines, and... and uh, he and Thomas were standing next to each other, and he had his arms sort of around Thomas. And you know, his stop at Houston was not a, a very uh, substantial or, or successful one. But he was a player, like all players, that got opportunities late in his career because he was very positive in the locker room. He brought such he he brought such uh, peace to those uh, to the situations around him. He would make your team better. Uh, throughout the week uh, in the locker room, uh, in the hotel, in the travel, in the training camp. He's the kind of player that is just a credit to the game. And, yeah, it's uh, it was some very sad news today, but wonderful memories. And the thing about it was a lot of people don't really hear all the accolades about them. People consistently told uh Demarius Thomas. He, he was so humble that people consistently told him, you know, what a great guy he was, because uh, you know everyone didn't necessarily think he believed it. So I think he, uh, I think he lived a, a great time here in the football world while he was part of it.
1: And we'll always have that uh, eighty-yard touchdown in overtime against the yep. Steelers to remember him by. So uh, we'll see you soon, buddy. Demarius Thomas, rest in peace. 33 years old. Um, that'll complete our show tonight. Want to shout out uh, Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky fantasy football state championship commissioner. You can check out him out at uh, KFFSC.com. Farrell, thanks so much for, um, for hopping aboard again and helping me uh, fly this ship and we'll do it again next Friday, man.
3: See you then brother.
1: Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter at J Farrell Elliott, follow the Kentucky fantasy football state championship on Twitter at KFFSC. And, of course, KFFSC.com. Thanks to Jeff and Ed McCann, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening. Uh, Remember that uh, we will be back next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Got another great guest lined up for you. And I think what we're going to do, just as a programming note, we won't have a show the following Friday. I think we're going to do it on Wednesday. Um, So the Wednesday before Christmas, we'll have a show. And we'll do one on Thursday. Uh, before New Year's. So Friday, Wednesday, Thursday is the schedule coming up. I know it's a little confusing, but if we weren't here to confuse you, why would you listen to this program, ladies and gentlemen? Roto-Biz High stake Down with Michael Cobb will help clear things up for you, get your lineup set for Week 14. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another
0: episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: Um, Just as a final aside on Demarius Thomas, Jeff Legwald, who covers the um, Broncos for ESPN.com, had a fantastic article that he posted early this morning. A lot of great memories, a lot of great quotes, a lot of great um, stuff from from his former teammates and coaches in there. I encourage you to check that out. And from what I understand, the Denver Broncos are doing a uh, tribute to him on Sunday. Be looking forward to that as well. Um, And I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. FFPC Football Guys League Championship Weekend. Go get that title. Move on to the championship round. We're the big money. Uh, It will be doled out here and earned shortly. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next Friday.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.